0: Welcome everyone to the CEO.Digital show. My name is Craig McCartney, and I'll be your host that's gonna guide you through an open exploration of technologies and trends straight from the C-Suite. You'll hear insights will help you better deliver results for your company and its stakeholders. We'll be interviewing a range of C-Suite executives, those that are creating technology to those that are implementing it to support their businesses. Find out more and stay up to date at ceo.digital and don't forget to like and subscribe to the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Today's guest is Eric Eklund, creator and host of Be The Beat and facilitator of human connection. Eric has been working in the connection and storytelling space for over a decade, trusted by luxury and high-end brands to help them tell their stories authentically in a way that resonates with their clients. He now facilitates and hosts programs that helps people push and discover their true selves with like-minded people alongside his work with global brands. As he says, I promise I won't go easy with you, but I promise it will be a wholeheartedly warming and rewarding experience. Eric, welcome to the CEO.Digital show.
1: I love that you found that quote. <laughs> Thank you so much, Craig.
0: Well, great to have you here. I've heard a little bit about you, and your life is a very fascinating one. You've had to overcome a lot of adversity to where you are right now. So can you share just a brief story about your upbringing and growing up in Sweden?
1: Yeah. I mean, as you can tell, I'm super Swedish, looking super Swedish over here. (laughs) My
0: blue eyes, my blonde hair. And
1: the fact is, I'm adopted from the city of Medellin, Colombia, and to a village on the countryside of uh, Sweden, where I grew up and I spent the first 19 years of my life learning the life lessons of what it means to not fit in to a society, to a group of people, just by the mere fact that I'm looking different. And then by looking different, immediately kind of propelling this thought of I'm also behaving different. I'm thinking different. I'm feeling different. And in the beginning of my life, I really just wanted to be part of everybody else. I wanted to be like everyone else so that I could be liked too. And that's what has been driving me to where I am today, as in, you know what? It's amazing to be different when we hone that, when we own the story that we all have and share that authentic voice, the jazz, the talent, the skills, that gift that we all have. And uh, I found this by looking back in my life and realizing that, ah, this is why I'm here. This is why I had to go through that journey myself. And it's a journey I'm still on, definitely.
0: And then what sort of lessons have you taken away from leaving Sweden as soon as you did? Because you, you've traveled quite extensively through your, your career. So what are those lessons that you've taken? first life is
1: so much more than we think it is people are so different and there's really someone for everyone out there that's something I think I was told when I was very young when we're talking about love but here it just made so much sense and third I think this thing of looking at ourselves we can't run away from ourselves our stories um, let me rephrase that We can't choose to run away from ourselves as much as we want to. But it's going to haunt us and chase us in one way or another. We will end up with chronic pains, diseases, illnesses, um, relationship breakdowns, etc. We we can see that there. And what I have learned is I did run away from Sweden. I did run away from my upbringing in the beginning. That's why I went traveling around the world. In the end of that around-the-world travel it brought me back home and I realized I still had to deal with what it started with
0: how did you deal with that what were the sort of steps that you took
1: in the beginning the first steps I took was to slow down I was like a shining Ferrari trying to chase his fame the the popularity the uh, career status that I thought I was supposed to have and the first step I did was I really dove down into what is it I want and it Pivoting moment in my life came when I was just finishing my role with Louis Vuitton in Belgium. And I asked myself this question, how do you figure out what you want when you don't know what you want? I actually Googled that question. (laughs) And there were many that had asked the same question, I realized. That's how I started. And within that journey, it's like, how do I know what I want when when I don't know what I want? It was really start looking into, what are you passionate about? What drives you? What frustrates you easily? Where do you feel like you are getting the biggest jazz out of you? Where do you feel like you are cringing and holding yourself back? It was all about looking at actual physical and emotional moments in life and, and situations and connecting at the places and activities.
0: And then, you know, on your LinkedIn profile, you describe yourself as a facilitator of human connection. What do you mean by that?
1: That in this world that is so extremely increasingly connected, there is a difference between connectivity and connection. We are hooked up literally 24-7. We can order things on an instant basis. Even dating apps and so forth is instant, triggers this instant behavior. But the connection, the profound, genuine connection that we're building with each other and ourselves is reducing year after year i have seen this uh, report on trust and how the trust levels just decreasing yearly relationships the quality of networking and business relationships clients i mean what's on the rise right now in the business uh, landscape client relationships repeat turnover loyalty uh, programs right? That's all on the, on the rise. Also, keeping staff and promoting staff within. Yes, that's a sign of, you see, connection, that human connection, feeling that we are more than just a number, a label, a letter, is on the rise. That's what I mean with human connection.
0: And I know that um, you are passionate about storytelling. What sort of role does that play within you know, creating that human connection? The keto. <laughs> it has the main character.
1: <laughs> it's the role. It's the journey. It's the vehicle. This thing of the story of human connection, the way we connect, why we connect with one another or not, and why we connect ourselves is the story that we live, the story that we tell. And the story here is this: What am I working towards? Where am I coming from? And then they immediate thing, oh, how do I relate to that? How do I connect to that? Can I relate to your story? Can I relate to what you believe in, what you value, what you're moving towards? It's like Martin Luther King. He shared a story. He shared a belief. He was bringing all these people together based on where he said they wanted to go. That's why I'm saying the story is the key
0: when did you first know that you were interested in storytelling and i guess to frame that question can you tell us a little bit about your career up until this point just as a quick summary just for the benefit of the guests
1: so starting in entertainment dancing theater performance shows moving over to royal caribbean cruise lines and i got the mission i still remember the mission clearly with more, about 4,000 guests every week on a cruise, give them the best experience of their lifetime. That was our mission. This is where it starts. I started to realize I have to learn. I need to open up. And I need to become so much more than I am to be able to take in and serve people from literally all corners of the world. From there, moving into hospitality management in Switzerland and then over to Chicago, learning the technical landscape the philosophies, the disciplines of hospitality management, people management, psychology, communication, cultures. Oh, there are a lot of stories in there. Everything is literally taught in stories. And then from there, moving over to China, working with shangri Hotels. With that mission again, how do we influence people to change behavior to be able to serve each other better? Well, we got to, have to figure out what interests them? What's their story? How can we allow them, how can we we empower them to live their story, feel that they are feeling good here. They're like, hmm, this is me, while learning a new skill. And then moving on to Louis Vuitton, this is where it takes a pivoting turn, where I still remember how many stories I overheard of clients who said, the typical storyline goes, when I have, say, this product, I will feel happy and therefore be a good person. Louis Vuitton is a pivoting story where I really understood the power of stories from the negative point. I constantly overheard this storyline where it's when I have this product, I will be happy or I will be successful. I will be popular. That's not the philosophy behind Louis Vuitton where all these luxury products has been created. Not at all. The philosophy and the story of Louis Vuitton is fascinating. It's amazing. But the way we are living today, and when I overheard this thing, I saw so many people, and especially women, putting themselves in very poor situations, financial, mental, health because they were putting all their worth in the product and not realizing that they already had it in themselves. So from there came really the change for me in this landscape of storytelling. What's your story? You are remarkable as a human being. Use that story. And hey, if you want to have a Louis Vuitton bag on the side, do it.
0: Yeah, it's just an accessory at the end of the day. It doesn't change who you are. So that's inspired you to build your own programs, uh, branch out on your own. I know you speak at events. You have got, um, you got Be the Beat, which we can get into in a little bit. How are you using storytelling now in your sort of day-to-day with your clients, with people that you meet? I guess it just comes second nature to you.
1: I don't know, really. I mean, second nature, I think sometimes I have to be very intentional with it. I, For instance, I've been sitting this morning preparing a workshop. And during that workshop, I lead with a story, I take them on a story journey, and then I introduce a character throughout the workshop. So this is how I build my workshops. literally, like, because I know the power of how they can relate and how it can feel like, oh, yes, I'm part of the story. This is something that is important to me, that, that matters to me. I feel that this is about me. I could have created this workshop today and just be, okay, this is how you learn X, Y, and Z. And then by doing X, Y, and Z, and therefore you will ta-da, skyrocket your profits. You know, this kind of teaching, preaching type of event. But that's not how people walk away feeling like, oof, that was some powerful stuff right there. I really feel that I, I should look into this
0: myself. Well, how do you connect to such a big audience? How do you create that individual example that you know everyone can relate to? I love the question, Craig. And I've been asked that
1: many times in my public speaking workshops too. And I said, but yeah, but you don't know the, the clients. You need to know who you speak to. And I go, yeah, it would be brilliant. Oh my God, if I could know the people every time I spoke to them, right? But today, I'm hosting, I'm being invited to the Circle Club here in Barcelona. I don't know how many will be there. Who they are. So I told myself already make sure that story is as personal as possible. The more personal it is, the more vulnerable it is, the higher is the probability that it will connect and relate to the people in the audience.
0: I'm just thinking, you know, when you get called into a business, uh, you know, you're there to inspire a team or you know, speak about work cultures or or using storytelling to overcome challenges or, you know, or get to the customer in the right way. Are you being called in because there is a, a pain or an emptiness, or is it more of a, a strategic, proactive decision by a business?
1: There's these are two main points and I have identified them quite recently as well. The number one pain point is there is a senior manager director who asked me to come in because the team needs to be trained upskilled, and perform better because they're not right now and they know that using storytelling communications self-confidence will help now it's from the top to the bottom and uh, i work with a team and it's always the same thing it comes back to how do they feel about themselves then there's the other aspect which is when the individual reaches out to me and says, Eric, I want to feel more confident. I want to feel more courageous to express myself, to go with my feelings, to feel more. I'm starting to narrow. I'm feeling that I'm narrowing myself down because I'm trying to adhere a little too much to what I think is expected from me. And that is definitely... The, uh, the request that comes more and that I like better, much, much better. It has also the better outcome because the motivation comes from within and not from the top.
0: So let's go back to some of your profession experience, just for the benefit of, of the listeners. There's a couple of um, things that I wanted to get some clarity on. So can you tell us more about the LinkedIn Locals group that you created? Because I found that quite interesting. And you know it'll be relevant, I think, to a lot of the people that that will be listening. So yeah, tell us how you, you started it, explain what it is and um, you know, what sort of connections you've built through that group. It was a passion project
1: coming from Anna McAfee in Australia. She posted on LinkedIn once, she wanted to meet her LinkedIn connections in person. I thought it was a great idea. I was feeling at that point is frustration going to networking events and feeling like, oh, I always have to prove myself here. And at the same time, I was growing my LinkedIn network, but I didn't really know anybody. So it was beautiful. I just thought, oh yeah, I want to do that too. So Anna did one little meet up in uh, somewhere in Australia. I think it was Coffs Harbor. And then I started in Belgium, Brussels. And then we shared it on LinkedIn using the hashtag LinkedIn local. More people started to jump on just because there was this aspect of, wait, ooh, You're actually meeting the people that you have as a number on your LinkedIn account in person. That is beautiful. I want to know who are my LinkedIn connections here in Mumbai, in Brussels, in London, in um, Dublin. And I always use this little aspect of, okay, and when we're there, when you are at this event, right? There's one little rule. No sales, no pitching that was revolutionary at the time that there was networking events that they were co- like there were events and you couldn't pitch there were many that struggled with that one and it took off all around the world it became a huge global movement we were in uh, hundreds of cities and hundreds of hosts around the world we had never even imagined planned for anything like such but we saw that the demand is there people just enjoyed to meet each other. And it was a beautiful feedback that came back saying from Lila Smith in New York. She went to her first LinkedIn local and she came back and said, almost in tears, these people took me in. They listened and they cared. I have no idea what these people do for work, but I do know that I would like to work with every single one of them. That just put it the whole thing up. You see, if you just started with going for the connection You will get so much more out of it. And it can only be such, there can be such thing as invest one evening, meeting the people, really connecting with them, getting through late to understand who they are and their stories and share yours. You do that for one evening, you might have found a friend that is your friend forever. And I have a story here too, that I met a woman on LinkedIn, Katie Wallace. We just started to chat. And as I write my LinkedIn messages, I'm being like, I'm going under the skin straight away. And she loved it. We jumped on one call and I said, you know what? Why don't you want to come to Barcelona? She's never been. She's okay. She's from Dallas. She flew from Dallas to Barcelona. When we met for the first time, it was like I met the person I've known for many, many years. And we hosted an event together and we're still friends.
0: That's an amazing story. And is LinkedIn Local still going? Is it still active?
1: LinkedIn Local is officially still going, but it became so popular anyway that we learned a very good entrepreneurial lesson because LinkedIn walked in and said, hey, we would like to be part of this now and we take over the control. And then the control was over and we have no influence anymore on how it's being done, who or what. So I presume there are LinkedIn Locals out there, but the pace and the momentum that it had three years ago is far away.
0: Yeah, and it would have changed as well, uh, taking into account the, the pandemic and restrictions around that. But yeah, it's very interesting. I often wonder, I sometimes meet people that I'm already connected to, and it's so strange. You're like, oh, I think we're connected on LinkedIn. How weird is that? So yeah, you've already shared some of those networking differences between LinkedIn local and normal networking events. Have you been to any good networking events recently? Now that things are sort of opened up a little bit, so? (laughs) Can I be biased and said,
1: I think right now what has happened in Barcelona is me and a collaborator, Jessica Klingspor, have created what feels like the new way of networking. That's the feedback that has come back. And the point is that we're taking people on vision walks. So on a Saturday now, we take people up in the hills, in the nature, above the city, And we walk for about two hours, we just walk, not too fast whatsoever, but we talk about the theme. So I pair everybody up in twos and then I ask the question, okay, so today, what would you like to be remembered for by the end of the year? Or what would be like almost scarily exciting to have experienced or achieved by the end of the year? And then they walk, we walk in pairs and we just talk and lift each other up and encourage each other with one agenda. If you hear the person go, yeah, but, or no, I can't, or you know COVID, the other person's only role is to go, not now. What if? And the, it has been beautiful. We've been hosting them the last three weeks. They have been beautiful networking events. People have just, from all, again, all across Europe has come here and do, done them. And I re, you get so energized, inspired, and creative. There was in a the girl, there was a woman, sorry, that was powered the other day. And she said, this is what I needed to create my podcast. She has been running a podcast for a couple of years. It was starting to go down. And she's like, she came back and just downloaded all that information that into her podcast
0: that day. Yeah, it's that um, sort of visualizing, hey, what, what's possible. And if you visualize it, say it out loud, and it could actually happen. And then also it's interesting because if you're saying it and you don't have that self-belief, but then you hear someone else saying it and you're like, of course you can do that. But then you're like, well, of course I can do that as well. That sounds extremely interesting and we can share some of the details for the listeners on the podcast. Uh, and let's talk about another uh, project of yours, Be The Beat. Um, I see it's gotten some yeah, really good reviews. Do you want to tell us about that and, and how you facilitate that as, as the host? It was actually coming from COVID.
1: <laughs> I got COVID in July or June, July, is it now, one or two years ago. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so down. Like I, I could be going in so many different directions, but I need to get out of the city into nature and refresh. And I'm in a, a pool in a rather luxurious masia, And I'm, what, I'm just there in the water. And suddenly I get this epiphany that goes, oh, wait, this is what I should be doing. And I've been thinking about something similar for so many years. This thing of, I would like to give people an experience where they could feel what it is like to be themselves. That's it. And through that experience, do a number of activities that points at the connection to themselves and to others, triggering their confidence a bit. This thing of, ah, horseback riding. Cooking, painting, what else is our adjective? Oh, there's yoga, body movement exercises. But everything, these are supplementary exercises around that, that fuels the key exercise, which is we have these conversations where I lift and facilitate the questions that you normally don't ask yourself. Who do you want to become, for instance? And then everybody just sits there and talks and shares. And again, I've been removing that judgment in the room. So people feel like, wow, I didn't see it like that way. And every single time. So throughout this whole experience, this is just, you will get to feel what it is like. You will get to explore. You get to experiment and expand
0: as you yourself. And what kind of people sign up to these or what kind of people who's the sort of clientele that you're seeing
1: i don't know why but i can just tell you that women 35 to 50 business owners senior manager roles having their own you know freelance careers really feeling that it's time for me time now it's time to focus on myself
0: yeah, is that kind of, I mean, do you want more, more men to, to sort of come along and to be open to that kind of experience? I would love to. Mamma mia, I would love
1: more men in general to be in, interested in the personal growth, well-being, mental health arena, yeah.
0: Okay, uh, so again, we can share some of that. Um, and when's the next one? It's going to come in April.
1: We are setting the date these days, so it's coming out soon.
0: You mentioned at the start of the, when we we're speaking, the sort of acceleration to the instant instant gratification, instant orders. I want it now, you know, this like, impatience that it can create. How do you stop yourself from falling into that sort of trap?
1: For instance, uh, VisionWorks is coming from that uh, experience where every Saturday I'm using as a, I call it a tech-free Saturday, where I use the entire Saturday old school. I use paper and pen. I don't use my phone and I stay off my laptop. Just to get that I don't have any screen, no technology. And that's what, that's what I'm meaning with use it mindfully. You know already know how much time you're spending from the screen with your cell phone, etc. And another example is I had a company program last year and I gave everybody the mission: start your morning, one hour, no phone, no TV, no laptop. And there was one person, a beautiful example. He said, you know what I discovered, Eric? I stand up. I do this. I told my wife and my kids, first of all, that I will do this for one week. So they were with me. And as I started to do it, I realized that my wife, she also started to do less on her phone without me even saying it. And I realized I spent more time with my wife and my kids just talking and laughing in the morning. And it's so liberating. Normally, I would just jump to their emails, or I would check the news to be up to date. And I wouldn't spend the time with them. And that's what I refer to as use technology mindfully.
0: I think the tech free day is quite nice. I've not been able to decide which day is the best day for the tech free day yet, but um, I am building up to it. So you've mentioned before that one of your desires is to help people discover and live the life they want. How do you um, believe people can do that?
1: How to help people discover to live the life they want. Really take a step back in front of all these routine and regularities. And often is meeting or surrounding themselves either with people or nature or people and nature. It is really functions, really, really powerful, both of them, that they are not normally doing. Like, meet with someone that you're normally not meeting. Get out by yourself into nature. And I mean, even though this podcast is amazing, but don't listen to podcasts. (laughs) Go out into nature and uh, listen to yourself. Feel yourself. What is it you're feeling? Listen to this this other person and let yourself be asked questions and see perspectives of life that you haven't seen yet. If we want to live a life that's really like, oof, this is me. We have to start stepping into the uncomfort zone, the growth zones, being connected and and aware of what is it that I'm passionate about? What is it that triggers me? This thing of when you're meeting a person who says one thing, you immediately go, no, or yes, but, oh, we just found an area of growth here.
0: So is there anything else that you wanted to cover for the listeners um, your, just from your perspective?
1: From my perspective, I was curious about what listeners, what questions that they have, what situations they're living in right now that they would like to overcome. Like, who, where are you going? That's what I would love to know. Where would you like to go? And with that one question, just frame that one for yourself Where are you going?
0: I will. uh, Yeah. And we'll post um, all the the details about what you're up to as well, because anyone that's in and around Barcelona, if I'm ever there, I'm definitely going to be coming on this walk. I normally don't like walking too much, but I think this one is a a mindful project, uh, which I'm definitely into. So let's get into the final round. This one's a bit more fun. Eric so I'm not uh, going to be putting too much pressure on you for some serious answers. We'd like to get to know you a little bit better, you know, from a, a the, the human side and you know maybe we can establish a good connection as well. But what's your guilty technology pleasure? I know we spoke about mindfulness, but what is the one thing where you sometimes think, "Okay, actually I need to I need to stop doing that for a little while." I would love
1: to stop having to worrying about and spending time on my own social media marketing. It is <laughs> uh, being a business owner, and oh my goodness, I had a conversation about it last week, and I just go, if I just could take my mind off this more, I would have enjoy. I would be enjoying my life way more.
0: And then you've traveled a lot, you know, for work, personal reasons, etc. What's the the least favorite thing about traveling?
1: I think it's also the, one of the best. <laughs> favorite things of traveling there is no such thing that is more annoying than people <laughs> it's uh oh my gosh like what's the least favorite thing about traveling to be more specific people that are not paying attention they are in the wrong part in their life they don't enjoy doing what they're doing so the service that i get or these people don't Pay attention because they're on the phones, and you just go like, "Come on, can you please pay attention to what you're doing right now? Could you please care about me right now? Could you please go beyond the guideline and look at my situation right now?" When you're standing by the security guard or the ticket desk for the bus station or whatever,
0: I can agree with that one definitely. Uh, favorite city in the world so far? I still believe it's uh, I still believe it's Chicago. And then what do your friends think you do versus what your family thinks you do?
1: My friends think I'm being annoying with all my questions, trying to always get into the, under their skin. My family believes that I'm doing some type of entrepreneurial work i don't really know what that is but he's doing something by himself himself right now and he's apparently doing some type of events i'm not sure what that is but it's i think they're good
0: (laughs) That's, that's my mom as long as there's a positive sentiment i think that's the the main thing isn't it and then are you watching anything good or interesting at the moment
1: well, I must say, right now I'm actually watching. The, if there's something that I'm, I am watching, is the uh, NFL, the playoffs uh, towards Super Bowl. When that wasn't there, I was really hooked on um, Drive to Survive, Formula One.
0: Looking forward to the next season of that, with Max uh, having won it. Same here. i followed the whole Formula one season. Yeah, that should be really good, and then. Have you seen like a, a good speaker, or um, you know, have you been to an event that's really inspired you, or met someone that's really inspired you lately?
1: I have met someone who's really inspired me. I have done that here in Barcelona. She is actually a lawyer and a yoga teacher. She has really inspired me a lot. She's giving her yoga and so forth, but it was not really during a speech. it was more during a, a class really well connected well formulated i really enjoy meeting people that know how to formulate and express themselves
0: great and i think i'll flip this round on you eric where are you going and what do you want to achieve this year this year
1: i really i really want to see that i have two to three programs such as create be the beat vision walks that is ongoing. It, it keeps moving on. It grows and people keep coming so that I can really see that you know, this year, where I want to be going is to be working in my business more than on my business, if you get that point right. Really delivering and sharing and guiding and facilitating and really seeing that materialize, manifest in those two programs, seeing people from across Europe just come and be oh my God, I remember who I am. Look at that. Yeah. At the end of the year, if we talk at the end of the year and I can say that to you, I would just say, boom, mic drop, job done. I can celebrate.
0: That's great. Well, thank you so much eric this has been enlightening indeed and definitely inspired me uh, to look at some of my own sort of mindful mindful ways so uh, yeah let's wrap it up thank you so much again for joining us eric you have been on the ceo.digital show if you have enjoyed this podcast please obviously like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and take a look at the the web page that we create um, to sort of summarize this episode because we'll We'll add in some links uh, to some of the activities and events and and programs that eric is running thanks again for joining us eric thank you so much craig